boom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, join us today as we explore uh, our guest's personal journey, the hidden costs of playing small, and practical strategies for taking meaningful steps towards success and fulfillment. Let's get this one started. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life, prestige, wealth, freedom, it can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros! Right, business bros. Today we have a guest who's on a mission to wake you up from the cycle of inaction. He's here to share his powerful insights on why we often choose to play small in life and how it's costing us more than we realize. We'll dive into his personal experiences and revelations about procrastination, the hidden cost of inaction, and the transformative journey that he's been on. So get ready to be inspired and to take action in your own life. Let's welcome to the show, Mr. Derek. Keller. Man, party can begin. Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. That's uh, that's fantastic intro, and and the old uh, jumping up and down really really makes you feel really makes you feel welcome. Makes you feel pretty big. <laughs> Hey, dude, you're here to talk about that inaction. So the least I can do is give you some energy and get you into action for the show, awesome. right? Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, man, let's jump into this. Uh, number one, the same question I ask all the time. Everybody who comes on the show is here to promote something. There's something that they're doing with their life, a message that they need to get out, a product, a service, or something. Uh, what is that for you? Well, I mean, <clears throat> really what we do is strategic vision, execution, and, and really that mindset, right? Uh, so we have at Battlefield Boardroom, we deliver a product called Exit Momentum, where we help our businesses get, get in line and really start taking action on these plans that they, that they create. All right. So tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, the, the target audience that you're going after here sounds like it's small business. Are you going after like the, the little guy, the solopreneur that's just getting started? Or does he have a certain amount of revenue or employees? Right. Who's that target audience? Yeah, really, our target audience is that uh, that 10 million to 100 million type range, so that mid size. Um, really, the the solopreneurs kind of what we do is we help the businesses build the leadership teams and and strategic vision and and um, sorry the uh, the plan and the the structure and systems to to help elevate them and get them the opportunity to step out of the business and start working on the business. Yeah, that's a hard step to do sometimes. I know, uh, I mean, I've interviewed over a thousand entrepreneurs and oftentimes they go in with a specific vision that they want for their company and get trapped in the minutia of the day-to-day, -day, you know, to get themselves out kind of oftentimes takes somebody to come in from the outside, looking in saying, look, dude, this is where you need to organize things. This is who should be in charge of this stuff. Uh, so you can step back and actually enjoy the business the way you designed it so that you can have that time freedom or financial freedom that you're looking for. Uh, let me ask you about your educational background. I, and we have a uh, high school students here, so I like to give them an idea of what that's like. What was your journey like to get you to where you are today? 
Man, uh, it's kind of an untraditional way of doing things, right? Uh, so I came out of high school where I, I knew that I didn't have the discipline or, or the ability to really go to college. I had I had some scholarships, I had some opportunity, but I knew that if I had went to college in the mindset and the way that I was in at that moment, I most likely would have failed out. So I chose the path of the Marine Corps and went and got got kicked a little bit and figured out how, how to really uh, do the things that I said I was going to do. And by doing that, I ended up leaving. Uh, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I ended up in the car business. While I was in the car business, I started going to college and, and doing some, some night school and, and online school while I was, while I was in the car business. Um, ended up getting my associate's degree and then finding that really everything that I was learning there I, I learned more in, in the actual doing and, and getting getting beat down <laughs> in the business than, than what I did in the school. So uh, there's there's a ton of opportunity. There's a ton of cool things that you learn in the school. But really, when you're when you're out and in the business, you you learn the lessons that that you need to learn and, and you learn how to push through and, and keep keep getting things done. Man, coming from a service background, a military background, I think the you get taught things uh, in the military. I, I'm not personally military. My brother was in the Navy. When he came out, he had this um, way of doing things uh, that he implemented into his insurance business. Uh, most of it had to do with standard operating procedures that a lot of companies do not have. And the way he explained it to me is like, look, in the military, we have a ton of SOPs. And they always say that SOPs are written in blood because somebody got hurt somehow, some way, and that became the procedure of how you did things going forward so that that wouldn't happen again. And I think, you know, talk about going in the military, getting beat down, you're also getting beat down on these operating procedures and it becomes a part of who you are. How much of that kind of went into you deciding to become an entrepreneur or looking at entrepreneurship a little bit differently and taking those SOPs, implementing them in, the, in some of those companies? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, when you talk about SOPs, something, something that rings true to me, uh, I mean, just is going back to the simple, simple thing in boot camp, sitting at, at, in, in the barracks, dry firing a rifle for two weeks into, into the wall. And I was sitting there thinking, gosh, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. Da, 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 da. And, and, and really got annoyed with it. And then when we hit the rifle range, and I was able to sit down and sit right into position and start firing rounds down range and hitting and on target. Right. Um, it, it really won the reps, right? So the reps of doing something over and over again to the, the standard operating procedure that they had put in place of, of doing this specific thing over and over again, then diving in and, and, and making things happen. Like, I, I was light years ahead of where I would have been had we just went to the rifle range and started shooting and me trying to make adjustments and trying to do things. All I had to do was dial the rifle in because my body was dialed in. You, mm. see, you understand? Yeah, um, yeah. So inside of that, it, I mean, it just, it, it continues to, to to bear fruit when when you have the right things in place and you, you get to manage the procedure or manage the process rather than try to manage the people. One of my good friends said something that, uh, that has always stuck with me, which is business doesn't have problems. Business has people and their problems. 
Mm. Right. So we have to we have to make sure we have the right systems and processes in place or or SOPs to, to keep people out of out of their own problems and keep them focused on the things that we need to do. And, and you get to manage them by them processes and manage them by the numbers. And, and those are the things that you've kind of implemented in other people's businesses, right? I mean, this is where the leadership comes in. It's not quite as physical as, as you know, conditioning your body to get on, on that range, right? right? But a lot of it is still muscle memory for what happens within an organization. You're literally taking the same skill set and you're helping implement it into these companies. What are some of those things that you do with them uh, internally, Sizes maybe uh, corporate culture type activities, things to kind of put those leaders in line to help not only get themselves so that they you know uh, you know quote unquote get themselves on the rifle range right the the right way, but also to lead and teach others to do the same. Right. So one of one of the main things that we do is we we implement a structure around their meetings. Right. So we we make sure that they have what we call a weekly tactical meeting every single week, and we follow a structure that gives them the ability to, to do a quick check-in, get clear on the issues and come out of the meeting with clear action, right? Because so many times we walk into these circle meetings and, and everybody wants to be heard and everybody wants to say what they need to say, but nobody comes out of it with action. So we wanna make sure that people have clear action, clear to-dos and, and leave meetings every single meeting with, with a clear statement of how they're gonna do it, when they're gonna do it and, and, and get it done. I'll tell you what actions they walk out of most meetings is they cleared out their inbox because they were in there not doing what they were supposed to be doing and instead clearing out their own email inbox. So that's yeah. the action that usually gets taken. You want to kind of change that uh, that idea. So uh, we talked a little bit about how SOPs are written in blood and, and, and in business, they're usually put in place because we've made a ton of mistakes. We've made mistakes along the way. We've learned some lessons and hopefully you've implemented procedures so that you don't make those same mistakes again. What lessons have you learned from some of the mistakes you've made in business that now are part of your day to day and even more so that you now help other companies kind of avoid? Oh man. The, the lessons are are endless, right? Uh, so, I mean, just for instance, I mean, learning, put, putting putting standard operating procedures in place. I be, before I had some standard operating procedures, what what I found was is I would go into meetings or or try to have a, a one on one with with one of my employees, and I would sit down, and it would all be emotional based. And, and when it was all emotional based, we would we would get into this conflict and they would be emotional based. And when when I had the right procedures and right KPIs and everything in place, it became very fact based. And then I could come in and we could talk about the facts and nobody got their feelings hurt about things. And we were able to make adjustments and, and do the things that, that needed to be done with without anybody getting all hurt and, and not. And and ultimately not doing the things that needed to be done to, to get us to the next level. Let me ask you about advice, right? You've you've now been helping companies kind of take that those steps, go to that next level. Uh, we talked a little bit about solopreneurs kind of getting trapped and not being able to get to that level, or even some of those entrepreneurs who hit that $10 million marker and, uh, marker and then kind of plateau at that point. What advice would you give to young people today who are thinking about becoming entrepreneurs living in an age that's like almost futuristic and yet it's the present. We're living in that AI time. There's yeah. so many different opportunities out there. What advice would you give to them if they're getting started as an entrepreneur today? 
Well, I mean, build the systems and processes around you to where you can repeat what, what it is that you're doing. Um, so many times these guys, I mean, so many people just think of like plumbers. And when we think, when we talk about like technicians and things like that, or uh, these, these different um, trades, trade jobs, that these guys go out and they're, they're plumbers, they're machinists, they're all these different things. And they go out and start these, start these businesses. And they're so good at the actual job that they do that they forget to build the systems and processes behind them, or they don't know how, don't have the business acumen to build the systems and processes behind them. Um, but that also leads into uh, computer guys, right? Uh, where you've got these people going out and building these SaaS companies or building the software. These guys are technicians just like the plumber or the HVAC guy. They they also are missing kind of some of that some of that uh, business acumen. And and to bring a coach in or bring somebody in in the beginning to help you get the systems and processes in place from the beginning is just going to set you light years ahead and and give you the opportunity to to build a bigger business and and be able to expand and scale faster. Ultimately, it also helps you when you're ready to exit, right? Uh, right now, we're in the biggest wealth transfer that there is, that there's ever been. We've got all the baby boomers trying to transfer out. And the majority of them built these businesses without putting the right systems and processes in place to where they, they're trying to go get what they think their business is worth. And it's not worth anything because everything's up in their head rather than developed and they don't have they don't have the people in place to run the business they're just trying to to basically sell assets and and depending on what they what they've invested in their assets it's, it's usually only worth that they're not getting the three four five time multiples on their business because they don't have the right uh the right uh intangible um things in 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 their business to help build that that profit but Derek, Google said I could sell my plumbing business for three times my annual revenue. What do you mean I can't do that? No, dude, I, you're exactly right. I, I think a lot of uh, people who start a business don't start with the end in mind. They start with, I need to make a buck so I can pay the bills this month, which right. is important, right? You, you got to make sure that you make your sales up front. But you're talking about developing a strategy so that as you build your business, you're thinking, how can I exit? Not that you have to exit, right. but you build it in a way that you can exit. And and you're you're 100% correct. As far as the trades are concerned, there's a lot of money to be made in the trades. And there's a lot of opportunities to be able to buy up some of these companies. If you can figure out a way to structure a deal so that that guy who really put, you know, the last 30 years of his life into this business, and maybe you can't, you know, give him a fat check to exit because his company's not worth that, but you can structure a deal where you can take his expertise and his knowledge and use that and leverage it to train some of your guys as a kind of payoff for this, uh, this transfer. He's not working with his hands no more, putting his body in pain, just learn teaching these younger guys how to do stuff. I think there's a ton of opportunity out there. What do you think about that? Man, there is such huge opportunity. I'm glad that you brought that up because there is so many, so many companies out there in, in this transition, like you were talking about, that if you come in with the ability to, to put the things in place, you, you can give that guy a, a good exit and allow him to, to sit back and not have to do the things and, and ultimately get a business for free. Right. Just by, by by your sweat equity and your knowledge and being able to put these systems, processes and pieces in place 
and and ultimately you you get to take the business and he he gets to take take a cut yeah he gets an exit that he was looking for that he didn't ultimately plan for but you came in with a solution on the backside totally yeah. totally amazing experience there all right um Ultimately, you're you're consulting, you're a coach, you're helping these businesses kind of structure their stuff so that they do have an exit strategy in place, so that they do have a company that's operating the way a company should be operating. But there are a lot of different consultants out there. There are a lot of different companies out there, but there's a reason why they come to you, Derek. There's a reason why you get the referrals. There's a reason why they want to come to the Battlefield boardroom. What do you think that is? What is the thing that you do best? Well, the, the, I think the difference between me and some other coaches out there is I've been on both sides, right? Um, so not only have I been where I've been, uh, where I'm, I'm out here coaching and implementing and helping helping people implement this in, in their business, I've bought and scaled a business by bringing a coach in and allowing them to run me through the process. I, I was able to submit and say, hey, um, put, put my ego away, hire smarter people than me. And ultimately make myself the dumbest person in the room so that we can we can make this business go, right? So it's it's okay to be dumb. <laughs> just just make sure you surround yourself with the right people that that can push you, push you to the next level. So we're a little bit different in, in that aspect because we make sure that, hey, we're not we're not just some guy that read a book. We've we've actually implemented and and put this stuff in other people's businesses, in our own businesses, scaled, sold, and and done things. To add at a different level, man, it, it's it's you got to be able to be coachable at the end of the day, right? You you got to put that ego aside and say, look, there's other people who know some stuff. We were literally just watching Shark Tank in the classroom. It's a Friday before we go on a week break. We're watching some Shark Tank, and there was a kid on here in college. And he had, he turned down a deal with Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban was offering him, I don't know, 200 grand for like 33%. And we're having this discussion in class about like, are you serious? Like you've given up. Okay. You were giving up a large amount of equity, but think about the coaching and mentorship that you were also giving up by saying no. And that's kind of, I feel like what you're describing here, bringing people that have already done what it is that you want to do into your life that can take you to so many different places. I mean, what are some of the things that uh, I feel like when a, when a company's doing well at something, they start to look at ways that they can become more efficient so that they can help their clients a little bit better so that they can help their teams be a little bit more efficient. What do you feel that is for you uh, as a company? Do, do you still require the mentorship? Are you trying to work on something to be more efficient? What can your customers expect when they come work with you? Well, I mean... One that yes, I, I still I still hire a coach because if, if I'm not hiring a coach, why should somebody hire me? If I if I think I know it all, right, then then I'm I'm definitely not in the position to tell you that you need that you don't know it all. So um, one and then two, we come in um, from a, from a completely different aspect. We have one session guarantees where we don't we don't. Uh, require somebody to pay until the session's over, and and if they don't get value, they don't pay. Not any fine print, not any not any crap in there, it, and it requires us to show up at a different level. Um, so inside of that, it, it pushes us to show up and and make sure that we are giving the value that you need to that you need, and we show up for the business, not for somebody's feelings, right? So we're going to say what needs to be said regardless of risk, because we need to make sure that your business is getting the results that you're looking for. 
Let me ask you about the feelings, man, because I'll be honest with you. Uh, whenever you're asking somebody to make a change in their life, when you're asking people to do things different than they've already been doing, uh, sometimes you're going to strike the ego a little bit. Sometimes it's going to hurt the feelings a little bit for you to kind of poke at them. You have any type of situations where when you're trying to help uh, students, for example, you're trying to help uh, CEOs, for example, team leaders, where feelings kind of do come into play. How do you kind of overcome that? Well, I mean, the first thing is is, is uh, knowing who you're talking to, right? And then then addressing it in the way when you when you bring the facts into it and bring bring certain examples and show them so, some ways that they can actually get better and and also propping them up and telling them the things that they did right and the things that they, that they are doing right because oftentimes you know you walk in you tell somebody their baby's ugly <laughs> it automatically goes to this to this emotional uh, reaction and so we have to we have to make sure that we're coming in and showing them. Hey, these are the things that you're doing right, and these are these are some of the things that we've seen in in our experience that have that have been successful. And if you keep going down this road, this is the inevitable thing that's going to happen. All right, man. I'm going to make you full screen here for a second, and I, I want you to kind of uh, tell me a story. Uh, you've you've come across a client that you've worked with in the past, because uh, I always feel like case studies and examples are the best. Uh, what's, what was the situation where you walked into, had a, a distressed type of client customer and what did you guys do to kind of get them to where they are today? What does that look like? Mm, okay. Um, I had a customer that, um, decided that they were going to make a knee jerk reaction. They didn't go out and get the facts. Uh, it was a sales leader inside of the organization that decided that they were going to, they had, a uh, a client that was constantly, they, they had a couple of clients that had come in and canceled a service product early. Um, this was a product that they, they had in place in, in all of their, all of their contracts from the beginning. And what ultimately happened was she decided that, Hey, you know what, we're going to pull this service contract out of the upfront sales. And because too many people are canceling. Well, she didn't investigate the facts. She didn't look back on what exactly had happened, what, what exactly was, what exactly the cancellation rate was and looking at the KPIs and asking the right people of what, what the true facts were. And by canceling this product, she had cost the company just over $3 million over a six month period. When we came in and started talking about it, we leaned into her and asked her, you know, who did you ask about the, the this situation? Who, where did you, where did you go for your information? And basically, what she was doing was she was operating completely on emotion, much like a lot of us do. We, we, the the bad sticks out instead of the good, right? So when when we get this phone call of an angry person or this frustrated person, we we immediately have this emotional reaction. And she took that emotional reaction and took action, which ultimately cost the, the company $3 million. When we dove into the facts of the situation, we found out that it was less than 10% of the people were canceling the service contract before 12 months. And the people that were canceling were the 10% the 
that we're canceling, we're canceling the, the product at 10 and 11 months because they hadn't used it. So they had gotten all that revenue for 10 months. And then she took the, the because she had this emotional reaction, she took and pulled all of that revenue away from all of, all of the clients that she was selling from that point forward. So by re-implementing and, and getting in the facts and getting and, and making sure that, that everybody knew what we were actually looking at, we were able to re-implement the service contract, get, get clear on what our cancellation policy was, and then ultimately regain and, and get the traction that we needed to, to get, the, get the money. Not, we weren't able to gain all the money back, but we were able to gain money going forward and go go back to some of them clients and, and get some of the money back. Yeah, see, and that's the thing about some of these situations sometimes. You you go through some ugly battles, but when you kind of look back in hindsight, when you make some of those changes, you reassess some of those contracts, you put them back in play, they're better than they were before, right? It's almost like a, like when you break an arm, it hurts, but hopefully that bone heals and it heals stronger than it did than it was before. And now you can kind of forge forward and, and move on. So you guys are doing some great things, Derek. What's the vision of your company as we finish up here? Where are you at today as a coach? Where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? And where we see ourselves in the, in the next couple of years is eating our own dog food, right? So we're setting ourselves up for exit. Not, not like we're planning on leaving anytime soon, but we're building the systems processes and bringing in the other coaches to, to set ourselves up to where, Hey, you know what, when it's time, we're, we're ready to be able to go to that next level. And we're, we're constantly elevating and making sure that we're, we are seeing we're working on the business and not just in the business and constantly chasing customers. I love that. I love that. You're giving advice. You might as well take the advice you're giving too to make the, the otherwise, why are you talking about it? Right. If you're not doing it, why are you talking about it? All right, man. If people want to reach out to you, they want to know more about the battlefield boardroom. They want to know more about your, uh, your coaching. They want to know more about the services that you offer. How can they do that? Well, they can go to battlefieldboardroom.com. They can email me at Derek Keller at battle or Derek at battlefieldboardroom.com. Uh, they can hit me up on Instagram, Facebook. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit everywhere, um, but uh, feel free to hit me up, shoot me a text, shoot me a, a message on Instagram. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely open to, to talking to anybody. Awesome, dude. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is what it comes down to. You feel like you're stuck in a plateau. Sometimes you can't get yourself out of there. You're going to need somebody else's perspective, somebody else's expertise, somebody looking from the outside in to help you get to where you want to go. And Derek's team is helping you do just that. So make sure you guys go to battlefieldboardroom.com, battlefieldboardroom.com. Check it out. Hire Derek if that's something that that is a good fit. And, uh, you know, you never know. The first time you talk to somebody, you might have that click. You might not, but you'll never know if you don't give it a shot. Derek, thank you very much for being on the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today. Business Bros! All right, dude. Um, that was it. What'd you think?